0: Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on?
1: Nothing much, David. I feel like I am nesting, um, getting ready for the season. Like, I just have all, all of a sudden this like, abundant energy to get things done around my house and daily chores that I'm wanting to do that I never get to just because I know like for the next six months I will not be able to do them so it's in it's kind of one of those weeks where I'm just really being productive um getting ready for the craziness of the season well that's good to hear yeah it's a productive week, productive week. yeah
0: we got a uh, camp obviously right on the horizon um it really honestly like because I'm, I'm also uh been like doing all little Panthers stuff this week and they have their rookie camp like all of a sudden, all the seasons are starting. Uh, it kind of snuck up on me.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of different, I guess, in a way, because last year the all the calendar was messed up, right? So we never right, really got exactly. this time. That's, like,
0: that's what it is, right, is last year we weren't worrying about the NBA season. We were still, like, in the playoffs, right? Or not – I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, we're, like, we're, 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 we're,
1: recording, we're recording this September 15th. One year ago today was Bam's block in game one of the Eastern Conference finals. Yeah, How about man. that? How, that's, That's crazy. The, yeah. That does not feel like a year ago, right?
0: Uh, it feels like like 11 years ago.
1: <laughs> I agree. I can't believe it was only a year ago.
0: Yeah. So you got that. Obviously, last year, hockey didn't start until uh, January. Um, weirdly, like, baseball is on the right schedule, but doesn't also the Marlins like making the playoffs feel like it was like 10 years ago, um, even though I guess we're probably right around the... Uh, the one-year anniversary of them going to the postseason. Um, football is the only thing that has kept it normal, and then but uh, everything else is. Uh, is like I said, it snuck really snuck up on me all of a sudden, seeing this like ten days until the heat like first uh, preseason game or whatever we're, we're at at this point.
1: Yeah, and, and it's been like a real office. I mean, they've had what four months. Right, well, that's the, the thing. They got
0: eliminated May. so early yeah. that like yeah.
1: Yeah, lengthy, but still, it just still feels kind of short. I don't know why. Maybe it's because the finals ended so late or the, the Olympics in the middle the Olympics, of it. But, right? Yeah. Yeah. just feels like a quick offseason. I mean, the short turnaround between free agency and, and, and camp, like usually free agency is in the beginning of July. This was in the beginning of August. So, like, it was just a, still a, kind of a weird offseason timing-wise. But as far as the heat goes, yeah, they, have, they got a real offseason. I mean, four months off, like, that's a long time to kind of recalibrate and get ready for next season.
0: Yeah, uh, we still got a, a little bit of a quiet week uh, this week before I guess next week we'll kind of come back and do like a full like training camp uh, preview. Uh, we'll get to some Chris Bosh stuff uh, in the second half of the episode, obviously inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, over the weekend. Um, we talked a little bit about him last week, but uh, fun to see the LeBron and, and Wade there too for him. Yeah. Um, Couple minor heat notes, but uh, Anthony, I know you wanted to start with yes. the, the most important topic in South Florida this week.
1: It's a very pressing issue, um, and you were you were on top of it, like you. you I mean, I guess literally and figuratively, you were. Yeah, boots on the ground, shoe
0: leather journalism. <laughs> um,
1: the cat cat game <laughs> at uh Hard Rock Stadium. How, my okay, so I know obviously. I mean, it's been well documented what happened at the Hurricanes game on Saturday with the cat who. I guess fell off the upper deck and was caught in an American flag. Um, My question is, how did the cat get up there? Do we know? I mean, how did the cat find himself in that position?
0: Cats in like stadiums. First of all, I don't think they're that unusual, right? Like, you know, they're big areas. There's lots of gates open at various times. It's also worth noting is. Both of us, we were just over near, uh, over at, at Dolphins Camp getting COVID tested before we we uh, both cover help cover the season yes. opener on Sunday. There's a lot of construction going on there right now, um. So like, it's not strange to me that a cat could have gotten in there as like a stray, just you know, in an opening in a fence somewhere. And and obviously, uh, there's lots of places for like in, you know, in my apartment, there's a, a couple of strays who live. For, like, in the dumpsters, basically. Like, it's not that unusual in South Florida, right? Like, um, and the stadium like that is a place where they can get a lot of food and um, can get a lot of shade, obviously. So the actual cat being there was not that strange to me. Obviously, everything that transpired after that um, is, uh, was unusual.
1: Yeah, not something you see every day, that's for sure. Yeah. Right yeah I mean, like,
0: you i know, i i I was never covering games at the Miami orange at the old Orange Bowl but I have to imagine stray cats lived in the orange Bowl,
1: oh yeah definitely, and you see cats going like, across the field I mean we see like in baseball and stuff right I, yeah. I, I just was just a position like I guess the cat kind of i guess went, tried to go down and and caught himself in a bad yeah, position. I mean, we
0: don't know exactly how it maybe it got spooked by someone up there and jumped and like. Fell through a little crack there. We don't know exactly what happened, obviously, to get the cat into such a precarious position. But, uh, uh it, like I said, not surprised the cat was there, surprised at everything else that happened after it.
1: A few more questions that I okay. have written down here. Um, Did you see it live? Like, did you just hear about it after? Yeah, so so I always listen
0: cool? to the radio broadcast usually when I'm in the press box because, you know, they've got – reporters down on the field. So if someone gets hurt, they usually get the scoop, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I, like I saw a commotion. It was like kind of in the, in at Hard Rock Stadium, we are in one corner of the end zone. And this happened in the, on the same end zone in the opposite corner. So like, let's say we're in the left-hand corner. It was in the right-hand corner. I don't know what the uh, actual directions are. But so it was happening kind of across from us. And you could see a commotion, like a lot of people turned around and... A lot of murmuring and I kind of like just assumed like maybe there was a fight or like uh, someone was doing something funny in the stands. And then on the radio, it happened right in front of the WQAM's radio booth. So, uh, you know, they were kind of like talking about this commotion and then eventually Joe Zagaki saw it and kind of gave play-by-play play of the whole incident. Um and then obviously, I, I you know the the two videos that kind of went viral were from WQAM producers who were right right uh, right there obviously to to chronicle what happened and and then I saw that and and then I sprung into action and uh, tried to track down the the people with the flag
1: and what what like obviously the entire thing was surprising and just was like incredible to see but. I could I'm not believe to
0: talk about this now by the way, because I think we have a, a lot of Miami football angst to get to on the I on the U podcast, so I don't know if we we're
1: gonna get to this. Um, yeah, so here we're covering it here. So maybe yeah. you can tease to this in Yeah, exactly. I um so I, I just couldn't believe that the like they they caught the cat in the flag, right? And then I guess Kinda. somebody got the cat and raised it up like Simba and Lion yeah. King. Yes. Why would anybody do that to a scared, frightened cat? Well, like, I, I, that's like a like that's I would that's the last thing I would want to do. Is, I would let that guy go as soon as possible. Like that's, yeah. that kind does not want to be raised up like that after after that so happened.
0: The one thing I think the guy raised it. I mean, uh, obviously it, that was a, so. It's worth noting, the people with the flag are were like the guy actually works at UM. Like they're they're civilians, right? They're they're uh, they're just Miami fans who live in Miami. Um, and the flag they were holding up actually they they didn't catch it in the flag. They like broke its fall in the flag. Um, and then actually, there was a, a group of people, and I didn't see this until a later video, uh, below them also holding a, a University of Miami flag that also, like, it kind of, like, cascaded. Like, it was almost like a – I guess this is how we used to, like, save people who were falling out of burning buildings, right? We would just, like, hold a hold a big, like, tarp for them or trampoline. So it kind of broke the fall, yeah. hit the other flag, and landed safely, right? I'm sure it was a little banged up, right? Like, we right. had to be. Uh, I mean, to some
1: cushion time, some cushion at least but, yeah
0: um so then it gets all the way down and the the section right below it is the student section so first of all i don't want to make any assumptions about this student but we know what happens in student sections and and uh with college students before they attend football games like yes. i'm going to assume he was not in a what not a, 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 a operating at 100% mental capacity have you uh, been
1: to a cane cartel tailgate dave i have not okay yeah
0: so, uh, you know, he, he picked up the, the cat, obviously, uh, instincts take over. I also think, I, I do wonder who was saying, like, hey, we say, saved it, right, like, just letting everyone know, because if the cat had just gone down there and then sk- scurried away, like, there would have been a mystery, did that, that cat even survive? Obviously, some people would have known because they would have seen it, but but the people who recording the videos would not have seen, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, the result of, of the rescue operation
1: that's true. do do we know what happened to the cat after the final I've not heard mystery, right? um
0: as everyone I've tried to ask about it uh is unaware of the whereabouts so uh that I, i've been I've been trying to look into it because I've had a surprising amount of people in my emails and uh mentions um really really curious about what where the cat wound up
1: yeah that's interesting and how much how much of the game did you miss working uh the story?
0: a lot of this like about I don't know, probably like five to ten minutes in the second quarter. That's not bad. I missed okay. the kick-return touchdown.
1: That's not bad. I thought it would be more. But that was no, like that's a big
0: just, quiet mess. I missed the cool. touchdown that got called back, and then the kick-return touchdown that happened right after they kicked the field goal.
1: Last thing, have you received, like, text calls from different radio stations, TV stations, like, for interviews on this story?
0: I have not been asked for interviews, but I have had people reaching out and – uh Well, one, wondering if just like telling them to tell telling me to keep them updated if there's additional reporting on the whereabouts of the cat. People are really concerned about where this cat uh, went off to. Um, And then also, you know, people wondering if I knew how to get in touch with the the people who I interviewed. And I should note uh, also our our frequent co-host, you know, I walked down there sometime in the second quarter and then was looking for the, for the people and then I, I turn around and after a couple of minutes of looking and Tim Reynolds is doing the same thing. So uh, it was a, uh, a very, um, a very heat check uh, investigative reporting operation.
1: Uh, that's, down what, section, that's what we do. Whatever it is. That's what we do. Boots on the ground. We work the biggest stories in, in South exactly. Florida. So, um, all right, that's all I had, but I appreciate the info. I was very curious about those questions and, and kind of how that all unfolded. Cause obviously I saw it on Twitter, just like everyone else did. I, I read your story. On Miami dot com, um, but I was just you know curious about the background just because you know in the journalism industry there's there's stuff that
0: yeah peak that, behind you know, people her, know you young journalists here. out there who uh, yeah. are trying to make it in this biz be sure to chase all cat leads
1: exactly there you go and I I'm sure that story did very very well on the internet oh very very well that you can't yeah. beat a headline like that and that went viral I, so
0: I think people were more excited to read about that than they were about uh, Miami's narrow victory against Appalachian State I'll say that.
1: You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy.
0: Please do it later. Let's drink a spicy mother Make some bad decisions.
1: Yes.
0: All right, uh, let's do some actual Heat talk now, I guess. Um, I guess must. the one piece of news this week, <laughs> if we must, yeah. Um, uh, let's run through just like, a couple news topics before we uh, wrap up with Bosch. Um First of all, Caleb Martin signing with the Heat on a uh, two-way deal. Uh, preseason roster now full at 20 players. Do um, you have any thoughts on, on Caleb
1: Martin? No. No, I'm kidding. No. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I kind of didn't expect this signing only because in, in years past, um, the Heat have kept that second two-way spot open. I think we've you and David... And yeah, other,
0: we talked other about yeah. the whole lot. Yeah. yeah,
1: like we, they, they usually keep that two-way spot open just to create a competition and camp between the Exhibit 10 guys, but... You know, this is an interesting. This is interesting for a few reasons. Like Caleb Martin, you know, he's an experienced NBA player. he yeah. he's on a standard NBA contract for the past two years with the Hornets. He like um, started sta- games for them, right? Yeah, he started a few, a handful of games for the Hornets. Played in seventy-one. And games. And the
0: Hornets were not like a bad team this year.
1: No, I mean he was a he was a rotation player for him. Played sixteen minutes a game, seventy-one games over the last two years, four starts. Um, he's an M, you know, he's more of an NBA player than you usually get in a two-way guy, right? So you could tell what he's trying to do here, right? I mean, Garrett, the other, the Heat's other two-way guy, Marcus Garrett, the undrafted Kansas uh, wing, they, they, they got two wings. Um, and they needed depth at that position, especially with Oladipo out. I mean, when you look at the wings on this roster, it's basically Jimmy, Struess, and, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, I, I mean, Victor, obviously, but he's not going to be available for the first you know, couple months of the season. I, I don't know if you want to – put KZ in a wing category. I wouldn't. It's probably more of a power forward. So they needed more wings. Um, the two-way contract, you know, the last few seasons because of COVID has been more of an extension of the NBA roster. You know, Garrett and and, and Caleb Martin are going to be, like, they're going to play. They're going to play because, they, they, you know, this team needs guys like that. And and one thing they have in common, uh, Marcus Garrett and, and Caleb, is they're both really good defenders. Like, Caleb, he's not the best offensive player. You look at his numbers, kind of underwhelming. Shot 25% from three last season. Um, not a great outside shooter. Um, but he's a good defender, solid defender who could switch one to three. Um, and Marcus Garrett, we know we've talked about it many times the last few weeks. Very, very good defender. So this team is going all in on defense. They got an experienced guy with one of the two way spots who's ready to play if needed, you know, to begin the season. Um, so you could definitely see kind of the heat have a plan here. With the roster, especially since they're not going to add the fifteenth guy as of now, just because you know the the, the luxury tax concerns. So uh, it makes sense. It was surprising at first but when you look at the signing. It, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I always liked um. Yeah, I always liked the, Mar- the Martin twins. I guess it's worth noting that the Martins played together last year yeah. in Charlotte, and now they are uh, separated. I think it's, is Cody still in Charlotte? Is that where he is?
1: He's still in Charlotte. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you know they were. I remember them back when they were at NC State. They were pretty good. Um, they were part of a really good Nevada team when they transferred. I think Cody was a relatively high draft pick, not like a first-round pick, but like early second round. Um, Caleb, um, you know, like you said, he's kind of the defensive. Like if Cody's the more well-rounded guy, Caleb uh, is sort of more defensive-minded, fits a lot with what the Heat um Obviously, you know, it was obvious based on the summer league roster what they were looking for. And, and I think Caleb Martin's a nice little pickup. Um, and when you, I mean, you talk about the idea that, that they usually don't do that. I also don't think like a guy like Caleb Martin right. is always available, right? Like, that's yeah. the difference.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a unique situation where they're like, okay, we can get a guy with experience that fits kind of the mold of what we want. Um, that would probably be ready to contribute right away because right. he so does he's have a kind of guy
0: who just, Yeah, they're they're going to get him in the NBA the maximum amount they're allowed. yeah
1: for sure and he and he's i mean he's kind of he's kind of what you want in a 15th guy right on this roster
0: he's like, also going to tear it up in Sioux Falls cuz he's like a guy who can like handle the ball a little bit and he feels like those those moments where he gets to like run the show in Sioux Falls he's going to be awesome
1: I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't even go to Sioux Falls at all. Yeah, I don't
0: think so. They'll, just I mean, like, he, they'll, they'll there might be active a lot and just like, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, there might be a few games, but I, I just feel like they're kind of probably going to need him in, in, in up in the NBA. And, and the fact that you can be active for 50 of the games, um, you know, when the team's healthy, he doesn't need to be active. But he can be active for most of the season, and if not right. – and then you know, when they make him be,
0: inactive, he'll just stay in Miami. Yeah, just
1: stay there. Or, or he could he can be with the team. That doesn't count. He could just travel with the team and not dress and practice with the no, team. Well, no, that's what
0: I mean. He'll be with yeah. the not yeah. Right, because right.
1: So yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like just with the NBA team the entire season.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the Heat um, still having room to sign that fifteenth player. Um. You, uh, on our outline here, you said you've gotten a lot of questions about it. Um, you want to just kind of explain the Heat's thought process there?
1: Yeah. Um, I, ever since, you know, basically since agency kind of wrapped up and, and we kind of figured that he were going to stay at 14, I've gotten a bunch of, like you know, like I told you, just emails, messages on Twitter saying, why aren't they going to sign a 15th guy? Stop being cheap. Like, sign a 15th guy. This is basically what's going on. Okay? The Heat finished in the luxury tax in 2019-20. By a little bit, but they were a tax team. Um, When a tax team is over, you know, a team is in the tax for at least three three times in a four-year period, they enter the repeater tax, which is awful. Like, teams that are in the repeater tax, like, they have to pay a lot of money. Um, And it's very punitive and it's it's very restrictive as well in in building a roster. So you want to avoid that as much as possible. So if the Heat would enter the tax this year, or, 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 will, or if they do enter the tax this year at some point, that would be two of the last three years. Next year, you look at their cap sheet, they're very likely going to be a tax team next year just because of Jimmy Butler's extension. Uh-huh. You have Bam, you know, Bam's salary keeps going up, Duncan's salary keeps going up, you have Kyle still out around, you know, what his number, 20, 25, 30 million around there. So you're very likely to be a tax team again next year. So this is it. Like, they, they, if they can avoid it this year, they kind of start the clock back, you know, reset the clock, which is important. You don't want to enter that repeater tax, especially when you're talking about you're going to do it for a 15th guy who what? Probably doesn't play in most of the games. Like right. that's why I think the Caleb Martin uh uh signing makes sense because like I said he he's kind of what you're looking for in the 15th Right, time.
0: he's basically a 15th guy but without paying him like he's your 15th yeah. NBA player.
1: Right, you're not paying him to get over the just to just be over the tax, and then probably be a repeater tax team in a few years, and all of a sudden you're paying you know 20 million dollars extra because you decided you wanted a 15th guy this year, you know just because you want you know, wanted that insurance. I, I get why the Heat, you know, fans want more depth. I understand that, but two way guys are an extension of the roster, and Marcus Garrett and Caleb Martin are going to play if needed this, this year. I mean, that's that's the plan, right? I mean, just like yeah, we saw last year, the like,
0: they can combine to be a 15th player.
1: Yeah, right. And then, and they, they realistically have 16 guys in the roster right now. Because if you count the 14 plus the two two-way guys, like, they have 16 guys. And, you know, most nights, nine guys are going to play. So I don't I don't understand, like, this desire of fans and, and people that, that really want that 15th guy and they want the Heat to go over the tax and... You know, forget the repair tax. Who cares? Like, worry about that later. It's not, it's not, you know, it, it shouldn't, that shouldn't be the the main factor in the decision. I, I think it is, you do have to consider it because of how punitive and how restrictive it, it could be. Um, you yeah. kind of have to look at the, look ahead and, and kind of have, look at the bigger picture here.
0: Let's wrap up with uh, some Chris Bosh uh, Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, we talked obviously a lot about it last week. Um, if you didn't check out Anthony's story talking to Chris about his induction, and obviously, uh, you know, we we talked a lot about last week the end of his career, uh, and and the abrupt ending to his career, and kind of his feelings about all that, and um, what it kind of meant for him to go into the Hall of Fame. Be sure to check that out. Um, what do you think of his speech and just the whole, you know, the whole weekend, I guess.
1: Yeah, as expected, it was. You know I think widely considered the best speech of them all and that 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 night um he went last um you could tell he really worked on not just the speech but delivering the speech like it was like almost perfect <laughs> um his last line um about you know they were they were more than tears they were the, they were the water that made it possible for the seeds of greatness inside of me to grow um I mean that's like you know. Chris is, is a writer. He has a book. Like, you could just tell that he wrote that speech. Uh, it was really well done. A lot, very, like, just the way he wrapped it up, Um, you know, I think it was like 17 minutes or so, was perfect. Um, funny moment with him and Pat Riley on stage. Pat was one of his presenters, along with Ray Allen. Um, Bosch gave uh, Pat the 2006 um, championship ring back that, that Pat Riley gave him during their uh, 2010 free agent meeting. Um, I guess Chris had held on to all this time for the last 11 years, finally gave it back in, in that moment. So that was, that was funny. That drew some laughs. Um, but yeah, all in all it was just, you know, you could just tell that Chris is in a good spot. Like he's found closure. He's happy. Um, that's, That was kind of the theme of, of the entire weekend for him. Like you talk to Chris, you talk to Pat Riley, you talk to people who know Chris, like he's, he's in a good place. And, and, you know, considering where he was five years ago, you know, kind of in a public battle with the heat of just trying to continue to play and and resume his playing career. And even in the years following that, like, he's still never really formally retired until, like, 2019.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of crazy, like, he's in the Hall of Fame and he'll, like... Yeah. When, when did when did he uh when did they, he retire jersey again? This goes back to our topic at the beginning about not yeah. not knowing years anymore. But that was like early <laughs> 2020, right? Or I think it was 2019.
1: 2019, I guess yeah. it was. So, not that yeah. long ago, two years ago. Yeah. Probably.
0: I mean, it, that was pretty much right after he formally said he was done. Yeah. Like it went a long way um until that happened. Um, and I guess that was probably closure to him, right? Finally announcing his retirement, but um this obviously is is really, really, like, the end, right? This is the, the end point of anyone's basketball, unless you're going to be a coach or a executive or something like that. Like, getting into the Hall of Fame, if you're a Hall of Fame caliber player, that is, like, the last basketball thing you kind of do. Um, and, obviously, it's a, you know, it's not, you know, this, the the dream story for Chris Bosh is, as obviously, uh you know, he kind of talked about with, with you, is, like, he'd still be playing right now and probably be playing a role in, Maybe uh, maybe he'd have like a uh, Richard Jefferson type exit, right, where he wins a championship with a team as like a, a role player who has huge moments and, and then gets to retire right there. Um, obviously that, that did not happen for him, but, um, you know, going out as a Hall of Fame and having the Hall of Fame induction be the last thing you do is not bad either.
1: For sure. And it was cool to see, you know, not only a bunch of Heat people there, but, you know, Dwayne Wade, um, right. who's now one of the owners of the Jazz and, there as well, which is kind of expected. But then also to have LeBron James there, like I don't, I don't know if LeBron was there the entire ceremony because they didn't show him on TV until Chris Bosch started speaking. So I don't know if he got there late and was just there for Chris. Uh, but the fact that you know LeBron made the trip too, that I don't, you know, I, I guess I should have expected that, but I kind of didn't. Like I was kind of surprised to see him there in the crowd uh, with Chris. So that was cool to see just some, all three of them together. Uh, I think they all three took a picture together, which was cool. Um, it's it's been a while since you've seen seeing them together like that, kind of all happy and, and not you no know, not when it's not in a game situation. Like obviously we've seen yeah LeBron I'm trying and to
0: remember, were LeBron they, the game, but. For Wade's last game, were they both there? Like I'm trying to remember the last time we saw all three of them together.
1: I LeBron was there for sure, but I don't remember if Chris was there. I can't I remember if,
0: I don't think Chris Bosch was there. I, I feel like I would have remembered that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if Chris was there. I remember LeBron was there with like so Chris the last and Carmelo. Time in
0: public, they were all together was probably the last time the he played the Cavs, right? Yeah, like with I would, those would yeah. on the court together, like it, it'd been a long I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'd obviously spent seeing each other all at the same time since. But For sure. in public it had been a long time.
1: I think maybe Chris it's just off the top of my head, maybe went to one like a Heat Lakers game, like that last Dwayne LeBron game in LA. I think right. he might have gone to like a game like that. But yeah, this is really like the first time we kind of saw them all together. Um Celebrating one of the, the end of one of their careers, like that's pretty crazy. Like this feels like just yesterday the Big Three era was happening. So, um, yeah, I mean time flies and and it was not just the three; it was Ray Allen too who was there. Um, right, and the four of them took you know those four took a picture together. So, yeah, that, that was that was cool to see. And, and also, you, you know, you talked to Pat, I talked to Pat as well as Chris before the ceremony, and this provided Pat some closure as well. Like we talked about it last week, but you know at one point Chris and the Heat. And that you know the Heat, including Pat Riley, which Riley was like the spokesperson at that point for the Heat's side on on mm-hmm. on the situation. You know they were in public disagreement, and, and there was a lot of you know back and forth between the two sides. Um, and I don't know if Chris would have picked Pat to be one of his presenters five years ago, probably not. Right. Um, but you know they've mended fences, and and to see Pat on the stage, and you know they shared a hug at, toward the beginning of the speech. Um, that was important for Pat Riley, like he talked about it. Like that's. Something that he, you know, he doesn't want to end his career of fifty plus years like with any bad blood between him and and one of his one of his players. So um, that was cool to see that you know they they've kind of fixed things and, and they're in a good spot.
0: Yeah. Um, by the way, you, you mentioned Ray Allen. I don't know. Do we ever talk about Ray Allen being the coach at Gulliver?
1: I don't think we did. Actually, I don't think we did. That's pretty. Um, hey, I, I was. It might have been a
0: week we took off or something, but um, yeah. I I guess before was, we wrap up, you want uh, you want to give uh, some quick thoughts on Coach Coach Allen?
1: My hot take, my hot prediction is that Gulliver is going to be very good at basketball for the next two or three years. How about that? Is that going on? Is that going off on a limb there?
0: Uh, um, no. Not really. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, they're in an era. I mean, you can look at their football team that's yeah. had obviously its ups and downs since Sean Taylor, uh, whatever twenty plus years ago. Uh, led them to their one state championship. Like, you can tell they're in an era where they are, uh, committed to being good at sports. And, yeah. uh, I think hiring Ray Allen obviously speaks to that. Ray Allen's son is, is on the team too. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a fair guess that this team, uh, will, will be maybe in the, uh, in the state championship mix here for the next couple of years and, and might be a, a
1: destination
0: for, uh, some of South Florida's best players to, uh, wind up at.
1: You might be interviewing Ray in Lakeland. That's all I'm saying at some point soon. You might be interviewing Ray in Lakeland. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, it just It's it's weird to see a player of Ray Allen's caliber coaching high school, right? Like, that doesn't happen often. But it's pretty cool he's, that's happening well, here in It's happened in a lot
0: more recently. Like, you know, uh, obviously Penny Hardaway's <laughs> at Memphis now, but he coached at um, a high school in Memphis before he got that job. Uh, kind of got the job because of his, like, uh, I don't want to say got the job because of it. But like he coached James Wiseman, and you know, I have to think that that was a part of Memphis's calculation in hiring him. Um, Brandon Roy uh, coaches like I don't know if he still does, but coached one of the top high school programs out in uh, either Oregon or Washington, um, where uh, the Porter brother, Michael Porter Jr. and his brother Jante played. Um, I think it was those two. Um, so it's not uh it's not super unusual to, to see. Uh, a real superstar coaching high school basketball these days. Uh, I, a lot of them are trying to angle for that college job. I think with it. I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't want to make any assumptions about Ray, um, but um, it's not as unusual as it, it might have sounded like. You know, and, and if you look at uh, the football coaches down here, you know Pat Sertan uh, is a is the coach at American Heritage. Jason Taylor is a uh, the defensive coordinator at St. Thomas Aquinas. Both of those schools between the two of them have like 10 former NFL players on their staff around Gadson's an assistant coach at heritage. So like it's a, uh, it's definitely a South Florida thing, right? Because some of these athletes come and retire in Miami. Um, but yeah, you, it, it's hard to, you, you, you take through, particularly in football, you go through a couple of coaching stabs. Like if you just pick a random sampling, you're, you're going to run into a couple of former NFL guys. So, uh, that's true. Not, not yeah, surprising true. that we finally got a, a former, a, you know, an NBA Hall of Famer coaching uh, a basketball team down here too.
1: I would just be, as an opposing coach, uh, I would be pretty intimidated coaching yeah. uh, uh, against, against Ray Allen, but, you know, I guess that's yeah. part of it. That's that's one of the reasons I think – that's one of the reasons I'm going out on a limb and saying Delaware is going to be dominant in basketball. There's got to
0: be some pressure, though, if you're Ray Allen, right? Like, what if your team, like, sucks at shooting?
1: That's true a good point. How could how could a rallying coach team not be a good three-point shooting team? Right, right like, exactly.
0: Right. Yeah. All right, um, I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, obviously, like we said training camp uh, coming up in about a week. Do um, you got anything coming between now and then that uh, you want to plug before next week?
1: Yeah, I got some preview stuff coming up next week, um, okay. so start, starting Monday. Um. Preview content will start rolling out. So, yeah, I mean, next week really starts picking up with previous stuff. And then media day the following Monday, I think September um, is it 27th. Yeah, September 27th, media day at the arena. And then camp opens the 28th on Tuesday. So, yeah, by the time we talk next week, we'll be just be days away from the start of practice.
0: Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Uh, mostly football for me right now, but uh I'm sure there will be some basketball sprinkled in there in the next couple of weeks, too. Um, Thanks, as always, for listening, though, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week.